The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to In It Together with Lori Lynn Green. You can live life on your terms at home, work, play, and in the community. Join Lori and industry leaders as they share practical insights with you so you can reach your goals and enjoy your life. Here's your host, Lori Lynn Green. Welcome to Voice America. This is In It Together, and my co-host Lynn Nato is here. Welcome to the show, Lynn. Good morning. Today we have uh, Tim Young, who's a father, teacher, speaker, church leader, and author of Heartstone Journey. I'm sure he can tell you more about this. We had a limited space to put his episode description, but Tim is also a team leader as a con- at a consulting firm and serves in a variety of information technology arenas. He also serves on the advisory boards with me on the New Hampshire Christian Business Network in New Hampshire, and as a as a um, board member on the Children's Learning Center. Tim is also involved in faith-based organizations like Reach for Hope and Work and Witness Team to Panama. He's been quoted in CIO, Computer World, Information Security, and CRN magazines, and has published works on servant leadership, IT innovation, and vendor relationships, which are awesome topics. He also speaks and teaches on these topics in diverse venues. Tim, we are delighted to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, Lynn and Laurie. It's a pleasure to be on the program. Yeah, so uh, what, what was great was uh, the way that you and I met a few, was it last year, we met um, as I was um, facilitating New Hampshire Christian Business Network board meeting, and all of the board members were kind of just getting acquainted, and uh, it was great to meet you there, and since then, we've had a little bit of interaction discussing the launch of that, which we launched recently here local, and um I found out that you were an author and got my hand on one of your books. Uh, you came on, actually, what happened was you came on my local show, my local show of the same name, In It Together in New Hampshire, and we were able to share a little bit about your book before I read it, and you were kind enough to give me a copy, an autographed copy, mm-hmm. uh, and so I've spent some time in that book. I'm, I'm not completely done it, but I'm about two-thirds of the way through, and um Boy, oh boy, Lynn and I were looking at it last night, and we kept writing things down that inspired us, that we pulled out of it. We'd like to get into that, but first, if you don't mind telling the listening audience a little bit about, um, you know, your testimony as far as how you, you know, what got you started in writing the book, and maybe a testimony of what people are saying about it right now. Sure, we'd be happy to. So... Let's roll the story back a little bit. Sure. And you know what's really, I think, cool about Hearthstone, and, and a lot of people have shared this with me, too. This is where my story begins, and it's where a lot of people's story begin. And that story is our desire for freedom. And a lot of people don't know what that is. My whole life, I thought freedom was 
prosperity, power, position. And as a man, and, and I wouldn't single this out for men, but I wanted to do, you know, do something great with my life, and I desperately wanted to be somebody. The challenge with that is the focus was on me, and it was only on me. I was that guy. I grew up in a family where a father was constantly working, so I learned that model very well. And I was a guy who was addicted to winning it all. And I found a very great way to do that. When I was growing up, I was that kid. You know when you're playing kickball in gym and you have two captains and they're picking everybody? I was that last kid that nobody wanted to pick on their team. Oh, bummer. And, you know, and so that was just a little glimpse of, of growing up. That was me. I was that kid. And I fell into this narrative of, and I don't know where I picked this up, but I I, I believed it and, it, and it defined a narrative of my life for many years. But if I wanted to be somebody, I need to beat everybody. Right. And I found that very easy to do when I was pursuing my career. Oh, okay. So you were pursuing your career and you, you feel as though it wasn't really enough for you. Absolutely. It, it wasn't enough. I, I couldn't... I couldn't have a big enough title. I couldn't make enough money. I couldn't have a large enough staff. I couldn't work for a large enough company. It just, it, it was, it was like I was feeding a black hole. No matter what I was putting into this hole in my heart, it was just getting sucked away into some, some place that just, it, I could never fill it. It was a vacuum. It was a hole that I could never fill. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. It makes sense. I think that, I think until we mature, um, and some people never mature, and, you know, and when I say mature, you know, for, for you and I who are faith-based um, people, we look at things from a different point of view or worldview than maybe the, the rest of community or whatever. Um, but when we look at things from a different perspective of something greater than ourselves and something um, more significant as far as making an impact, it also gives us a greater, uh, I guess you could say, an accountability for how we live our life, uh, it's a very different way of looking at it. Like Absolutely. We we're looking for fulfillment, but not for the same reasons that other people might. Like they might be looking for fulfillment to have a title or to have prestige or to f- have fame or lots and lots of money. And not that those things are necessarily bad in themselves, but in order to to get to that place where you can actually enjoy the journey and feel like you can look at yourself in the mirror without having regrets, uh, you do it better. That's that's basically what I'm thinking. Absolutely. And what I also wanted to share is I I kind of discovered the whole Jesus narrative in junior high. I was attending a youth group and I remember the guy talking about, you know, salvation and going to heaven and, you know, to hey, does anybody want in? And everybody started raising their hands. And that was a time in my life where peer pressure was really heavy. And I mean, for Kyle, for a junior high kid, I, if I sign up for this thing, I get to live forever and look, all my friends are doing it. Yeah, sign me up. So what happened was for many years of my life, I signed up for this whole Jesus thing, but I carried God around in my back pocket. I, I saw God, I saw Jesus as a noun and an adjective for most of my life. It wasn't until through you know, some devastation and ruin and writing Heartstone that God showed me that he's actually a verb and he's real. 
and you know that 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 person I was carrying around in my back pocket is is a real person who loves us and wants to reach out to us and wants the best for us. Right, and so you know, even though you know we're not like judging anyone who doesn't believe, and we're fine with that because the reality is, is until we understand a better way, we just know what we know, <laughs> um, and and there is a better way, and that's kind of what you're trying to show is how that journey. This is this is about the book Heartstone Journey, um, and and today the actually the the title of the show is Hope for the Brokenhearted. Uh, because, you know, as we were talking about the show, one of the things you and I both agreed on was that what we want to do is instill hope in people um, that, you know, you're not alone through the things that you're going through and that you can come out not only on top in thriving in your life, but really feeling good about that. You know, having having a sense of no more regret, but a sense of purpose and a sense of fulfillment that is greater than you could have apart from having that faith. Absolutely. And, and, you know, for some reason, most of us, we, we choose to, to walk this journey of life on our own without God, like I did for many years. And I bounced, you know, I bounced around from sin to sin, from train wreck to train wreck, always looking for that escape from all this craziness in my life. And, I mean, people... People find themselves in, in this short list, you know, what is it, a relationship, a divorce, an affair, loss of a child, loss, non-forgiveness, you know, religion, alcoholism, drug addiction, disorders, depression. I mean, I could keep going. And there's so many of these, these, these tough, dark places that we attach ourselves to thinking that it's going to be the answer for what's really, you know, at the center of our woundedness. Right. And for me, you know position and, and power and, and prosperity, those were the things that I attached myself to. You know, I didn't get into a lot of the, um, you know, the drugs and the alcoholism, but, you know, and what happened ultimately, I was so blinded and so obsessed with the pursuit of, of my career, I left my family behind. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, I think you mentioned it in the, in the, um, in the promo, you know, I was, I was high, I was high as a kite not from a drug perspective, but working on this huge deal from a corporate perspective. I mean, this was a multi-million dollar deal. This was that one deal that, you know, if I could just clinch this deal, I was a made man. It was and, the mega, mega, mega bucks mentality, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's like these guys are loving me. You know, all the people that I wanted you know, love and fulfillment from, I was looking for it in the wrong spaces. You know, it's like I could, get, I could get in the arena here. I could fight. I could do the deals. I could do the negotiations. And these guys are loving me for it. Not really, but that's what I thought. And I never, I, I'll never forget that night when I walked home. And, you know, I, I stopped at the sandwich shop and, you know, called my wife at the time and said, hey, you know, want to get a sandwich? I want to celebrate this victory. I want, you know, I'll pick something up for you. I got a bottle of wine. Didn't even notice or occur to me that the tone in her voice was completely different that night. And I come flying in the door. The kids were already in bed. I had a bottle of red wine in my hand and a movie to watch and, you know, a couple of sandwiches. And she was just standing there in a, in a business suit, which was unusual, and handed me a note. And that basically started me on my journey on my Damascus road, because at that point she had said, you know what, I've had enough. I'm done 
We're done. Get out. That probably came as a great shock to you. Uh, yeah, I didn't even see it coming. Well, that mean that was probably because you were so so consumed in that you know megabucks mentality in that job that you were doing at the time. Absolutely, and you know if if people have found themselves in divorce, you know it seems to be happening more and more these days. But they know, you know, the devastation that it causes, and in that moment in time, I'm telling you, everything that I was looking for, everything that I was going after, just seemed to just fade away into the backdrop as my life was just sort of passing away in front of me. Now, I'm not saying divorce is the, is the worst thing in the world, but it's, it's pretty tough. It's, it's, you know, it's the ripping apart of two souls. It's the ripping apart of, you know, a man and a woman that God put together. And, and it was tough. And I'm telling you, there was an anger, and, and, I, and I don't blame, you know, my wife at the time because I was just unresponsive and I, I wasn't there. But, man, did that anger come out, and, and wow, I went from, you know, having the big house and all the stuff and everything else like that to within 24 hours finding myself on the floor of my buddy's house with nothing but a sleeping bag and my hiking gear. Yeah. Just like yeah, that, I, 24 hours. I, Man, I'm sure, you know, at that time it was, you had, you were kind of forced into a reflective, reflecting on your life and is, and what was really important to you and how you got to, to that place and how to grab the pieces and try to put something back together. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it was, I'm not, you know, I'm not afraid to, to share this. And I think, I think guys, if they're honest with themselves, you know, should be open and honest with this too. I had, I don't think I ever wept so deep and so hard mm-hmm. in my entire life than that night when I was sitting on that basement floor. And the irony of the story, Lori, is that's exactly where God wanted me to be. He was waiting so long for me to get to that place because that was the place, where, you know, I had, I had such a gravitational pull towards a self-centered life that it wasn't until everything was taken away from me where I was in a place where I was ready to really start listening and leaning into God. And it was that night on the floor where I just wept like I've never wept before. And it was the night on that floor where I just basically said, okay, God, you know, I get it. I messed up. And, and I challenged him. It's in the book. I basically said, God, if you're, if you're who you say you are, you got to give me something because... I got nothing left. Yeah, uh, I understand that. I think everyone, every one of us, comes to a breaking point. We got we got a couple of minutes left here, so I want to close the segment up. But I want to, um, you know, just acknowledge that everyone comes to a breaking point in their life before they actually really find find out what's really important to them, so that they can begin to live in a in a way that's more fulfilling, like you've been talking about, that has more hope. Um, Hopefully they don't have to, but it's part of the process, as you as you say in the book, it is part of the process of growing and learning how to navigate through life. So if you want right now, it might be a good time to tell people how they can get in touch with you. Um, go ahead. Sure. There's a, there's a couple of ways. The best way is to go to my website, and you can view it on any any device, even a smartphone or a tablet. Just uh, point your browser to heartstonejourney.com. Heartstone Journey is one word, and it's a pretty, I've been told it's a pretty easy site to navigate. 
if you um, if you click on a little button at the top, it'll pull down a contact page, and you can you can find me there. So stop there, and you can um, I write every week. I just kind of share my thoughts around different subjects. A lot of them tie back to my book. So Heartstone's kind of the starting place. And if you want more, come in and, and um, see what I see what I have to read. All right, excellent. I mean, right. <laughs> excellent. And, and if uh, and if you have any questions during the show, you can call at one eight six six four seven two five seven eight eight, and we'll be back right after this message with more of Tim Young. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife, ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune in to the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to In It Together with Lori Lynn Green. Call during our live broadcast with questions or comments at our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788. Or email Lori anytime at info at laurielandgreen.com. Here's your host, Lori Lynn Green. Welcome back to welcome back to In It Together. We've been talking to Tim Young, the author of Heartstone Journey, and he's been sharing with us how he went through a very very difficult time that uh, he was not expecting his entire life to be uprooted and shifted. Uh, so he wrote the book, and we're about to hear him kind of share a little bit about some of the testimonies or comments people have been saying about Heartstone Journey. Why don't you start sharing some of that, Tim? Sure. Yeah, it's been, um, it's been received quite well. 
I'll start with when I was getting ready to publish the book, what I did is I created a, um, I guess for lack of a better term, a focus group. And I intentionally selected people from, you know, diverse backgrounds. Some people that, you know, signed up for, that were Christians, some people that were not, some people in the workforce, some people that were not. And I wanted to share one of the people, one of the colleagues that I have in the business world, I've known him for 12 years, and he's not really into the whole God scene, which is fine. I, I wanted to get that perspective. Right. He read through the book. He got a copy of the manuscript, and what I did is I handed the manuscript out, and then I would meet with people. I'd take them out to dinner. It's the least I could do for having them you know, read through the, uh, the manuscript. And I'll never forget what he said. I just asked him. I said, hey, what did you think? How did, it, how did it impact your life? And he pushed the manuscript across the table, and he said, Tim, this, this manuscript has changed my life. I'm like, really? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And he goes, well, I'm going to just say this. My wife has started to ask me, what has gotten into you? You've changed. And just reading the manuscript has brought him and his wife closer together and really has changed his perspective on, you know, the same sort of things that I was chasing for in the corporate world. So that was pretty cool. That's that's more than pretty cool. The fact that somebody gets a hold of your manuscript, read your read your book and says that his wife is asking what made him change, that's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> uh, really yeah. phenomenal. And, and so it, it, go ahead. Well, no, go ahead. I think another cool one was the uh, the pastor of my church. He he I asked him to read the book and just wanted to get some context from him. And I think one of the things that he pulled out that was really cool is, I'll just read this to you. This book isn't just about pain, though. It's more mm-hmm. about hope than pain. Hope right. that can be found when you allow God to heal wounds that have been brought upon you. Hope that comes when you allow God to heal wounds that you have brought upon yourself. Tim experienced both types of wounds. He has come out of the other side now and is walking wounded but complete. In this book, you will find ideas of how you too can walk through painful times, not only walk through these times, but walk out those times. So it's a consistent message. I've, I don't care if it's, I've had teenagers read my book, I've had adults, men and women, and a lot of people in, in my family who, quite frankly, were, they had no idea the, the level of woundedness that I had in my life. Right. And what's really cool, just in my family alone, it's really started a conversation that's bringing our family closer together. So that's just a, a little bit of a sampling of what people are saying. And I, I do want to say this. Everybody I've had the opportunity to talk to, they all have one thing in common. Everybody found themselves somewhere in the pages of Hearthstone, which I think is pretty cool. I agree. And, you know, as Lynn and I were going over this last night, I mean, I had I had underlined a lot of things she had underlined. So one, we're going to kind of try to go through this chronologically as best that we can. But uh, one in the you know, in the section on rise, um, one of the things I pulled out was a quote. You said, try not to feel brokenness in your life. Acknowledge it. And I can completely relate to that because it wasn't until I was at the end of myself that I found there was something better if I allowed it. Uh, if I allowed God in my heart to speak into the areas that 
um, where I was broken, then I would get greater wisdom on how to navigate better next time. Uh, because the really, the, the bottom line is people, including myself, when we're, when we're in things like pain, when we're going through something hard, there's a pain there and a challenge there. And it comes right down to one thing is, do you really know who you are? And do you really know that you're loved and accepted? So could you speak to that quote, try not to fear brokenness in your life, but acknowledge it? Absolutely. So I learned, I, I, I learned a lot of truths through this journey. One of them is on the topic of pain. And I've learned that you, there's basically only two things you can do with pain. You can transfer your pain or you can transform your pain. So in mm-hmm. the first segment, we talked a whole laundry list of, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, infidelity, eating disorders. I mean, the list goes on. So that, that, that's an example of transferring your pain. Mm-hmm. And then transforming your pain is a story of hearts knowing what God did in my life. And when somebody... When we give ourselves to somebody and they break that trust, what do we do? We retreat and we build that wall around ourselves. And then somebody else does something nasty to us. And what do we do? We make that wall thicker. And eventually what's happening is we're walking around life, you know, surrounded ourselves with this huge wall. And we can't, not only can we not even connect to ourselves, but we can't connect with anybody. And that's what I'm talking about in that quote. It's getting to a point where you know what, you're not the only one that's a train wreck. Everybody's a train wreck. And you know what, the best way to get out of that stronghold that you've put yourself into is invite Jesus into your woundedness. That's the only place where you're going to be able to begin to have that pain transformed. Oh, right. Yeah, you know, I agree because that's that's the whole point. He, he took the pain, and, in, and unless we let him take it, we're going to keep it. Uh, oh, and, absolutely. Uh, and, and that was the whole point of his his sacrifice and what he did for us. Um, so, in your in your pain and brokenness, now this is something Lynn and I were talking about last night. You know, many times, you know, we talk about the process, and yeah, we have to go through a process. But it's not because God is withholding or He's trying to keep something from us. It's because we haven't learned yet how to receive it from Him. Right. I mean, and that's a huge thing to understand, I think, um, because a lot of times people think, okay, the, the moment I decide to give up control and let God do it, now I'm going to get to go through a lot of harder things. But it's really not going to be harder as we surrender it. It's actually easier with Him by His grace, right? Yeah, I think people get hung up on the fact that. Yeah, once you, once you get to this place where you're like, okay, God, I'm ready to walk this out. I'm ready to invite you into my woundedness. Yeah, life's going to get challenging, and it's going to be tough. But the difference is God is walking it out with you, and that's huge. And but, I think, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, but don't you think it's, it's tough, not because of his side, but because of our, uh, our unwillingness to believe, trust, and let go some things and allow him into it? Absolutely. Right. I mean, I mean, think of this, Laurie and Lynn. The whole, you know, the whole father piece here, there's, there's a big layer of, you know, getting that, that affirmation from the father. I mean, many of us can't relate to our earthly fathers. Think about, just, just multiply that times 100. If we can't relate to our earthly father, how, how do we relate to our heavenly father? 
Right. You know, and, and that that's 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 a challenge here. And and again, if 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 our earthly father has broken that trust with us, and people around us have broken that trust with us, it's it's tough to to let go. You know, I remember a story I was talking to my uncle once, who um, kind of been a spiritual father in my life, <laughs> and I asked him, I go, you know. This would be so much easier if I could just sit across the table from God and just have a conversation with him and he could just tell me all this stuff. And his response was priceless. He'd be like, you know what, Tim? Yeah, that'd be great, but you wouldn't understand a word he said because you're not ready to receive it exactly what you were saying, Laurie. Yeah, and that's, and that's what I mean. You know, even as, you know, as we're growing up and we have our parents and they do the best they can with what they know, um, our ability to receive wisdom from them and receive instruction from them is going to make all the difference in how we experience life, <laughs> even from a young age. And um, so actually, Lynn has actually a question from the section in your book of, on clarity. Um, go ahead, Lynn. Hi, Tim. Um, you know, when we were looking at the book and making notes, uh, one of the things that I connected with, which is the case with many of uh, many people that have uh, contacted you or talked with you about your book was the section on clarity. Um, and that was a moment where you felt uh, really compelled, I guess, to go uh, up the mountain and the Lord spoke to your heart about something. And uh, I really connected with your reaction to what God asked you to do. <laughs> yeah, I know the quote, you want me to do what? <laughs> exactly. Uh, because I, I've had one of those moments where God asked me to do a very, very unusual thing. And, uh, and it seemed my, out of context, too, didn't it? What's that? It was like, it seemed random. Oh, it was totally random. It wasn't connected with anything whatsoever. And uh, you go on to say uh, that uh, after you asked him, you want me to do what? You were talking about how uh, when we live by sight, we can only act on what we see, but God sees what we can't. So in essence, um, he was going to eventually show you what that was all about. So I love that, and I wanted, wondered if you could comment on that further. Sure, absolutely. So the, the part you're talking about, one of the themes that God used in, actually, I, I, probably more of a process than a theme, the process that God used in my life was this, this theme of stones. And, you know, I go, I go into this deep in the book. So the first time God used this in, in the process of my life was the four stones. And I was at a point in my life where, um, if anybody's gone through divorce, you have this thing called, you know, court and attorneys and, you know, the other side. And, and it's just, it's just ugly. It's just a nasty, ugly process. And that was at a point where I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I give up as I was calling uncle. And to me, you know, going on a hike was something that I could just do kind of a head reset. And, uh, my buddy came along, we drove up, we went up and, um, it was kind of cold, but still wanted to do it. And it was, we climbed Mount Lafayette, which is in Franconia Notch, New Hampshire. If you're a hiker, it's one of the best climbs in the state. But anyways, we get up there, and there's a little hut up there. It was closed, so we couldn't uh, go in. We just kind of hung out on the back and had lunch, and I just had this urge to run up ahead. I'm like, do you mind if I just you know, blow the carbon out of the engine? He's like, no, go ahead. So I was running up, and I wandered off the path, and I found this little outcropping with this rock, and I stood there, and... It, it was it was surreal. There was nobody around because it was so cold up there. My buddy wasn't around. It was it was just me, the mountain, and God. 
So I'm like, okay, God, you know, if there's something you want to tell me, now's the, now's the time to, to, to let me have it. So, of course, you know, I had this, this, this thought that kept popping into my mind. It's like, go to the top of the mountain and pick up four stones. I'm like, um, okay, really? <laughs> you want me to do what? Go to the top of a mountain? You know there are like billions of rocks up there. Like, which stones do you want me to pick up? Like, go to the top of the mountain and pick up four stones. So my buddy caught up with me and told him what happened. And, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I can't get this thought out of my head. It's like speaking to my heart, too. I got to go to the top of the mountain and pick up four stones. And he's like, and I'm like, isn't that crazy? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Then he started talking about when, you know, God spoke through the donkey to Balaam and things like that. And I'm like, huh, when you put it in that context, maybe it's not that crazy. And he's like, Tim, what do you got to lose? There's nobody up here but you and I. I'm the only one that's going to think you're crazy if it's just craziness, right? So I'm like, yeah, okay. So the, the short story is I came back to when um, I came back with him with these four stones. And if you want to read the details, it's all in the book. I encourage you to read it because it's a cool story. But when I brought the stones back to him, I had gloves on because it was so cold. But the four stones fit perfectly together. And the way they were fit together, there was a, the lines, that the cracks in the stones where they fit together, you know, was in the symbol of a cross. It was really cool. And what's really cool is all these things that God did in my life, there was already somebody there to be a witness to what God was showing me. Mm-hmm. That's great. Uh, I, that's part of your story that I love is that you had, uh, that you had people around you that could support you and knew you. And even the part where he says, yeah, go up ahead and go find your, your, your stones. You know, like he was, he was going with what God was doing in your life and encouraging you. And, uh, and you go later on to say, I would later understand that these stones were significant. They would become the process of God that he would use for meaning along my journey. So I haven't finished the book, but thus far, that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah, it's a cool part of the story. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely learning to hear his voice when you obviously when we're in our mess we it shows us the immaturity that we have in learning how to hear him, and and so you had acknowledged and you know your father confirms um, that you don't know if that's him. Why don't you just try it and see and <laughs> see what happens? And you did. That's yeah. that's it requires faith, right? Yeah, and you know what? God's totally cool with that. You know, well, give it a try. I'm not quite sure I'm hearing this right, but, you know, give it a try. I think, you know, some people get too religious about this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think what's really cool about the stone, it also shows that God is always willing to meet us where we're at. And you almost have to acknowledge there's this playfulness of God that shows up in this story because he knew I liked to hike. And. He knew I, I like to explore and do things like that, and he took all of that together and used some of those things that, you know, I liked in my life, and he put me on the mountain scene. He told me to go up and get four stones, and I think there's, there's a playfulness of God in this story that really comes out, too. Yeah, I like that, and he uses things we enjoy, like you love hiking, and so yeah. it, was a great, it was a great time of uh, time with your father, and you got to go do something you loved. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, well, we, uh, we have a couple more minutes, so I, I just, on this particular segment, but I wanted to uh, bring out, like what Lynn said, how it was great that not only does he give you something 
like random. He may say something random like, go look for some stones. But you, he even gets you to question, wow, if that really is you, it makes us think, are you really as real and care about me like you say? And then has your father there confirming, hey, you never know, and making you think even further, um, you know, that faith aspect is really the place that we meet him. It's really the place that we begin to shift into seeing things in a different way that actually helps our life and it helps to start remove the pain and 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 the focus of really what we're talking about today is build a hope, right? Right. And so um I don't know if you um see I'm looking for the cues here. We got about a minute left in this segment. So if any final thought on that. Sure. I'll leave the listening audience with this. You know, those who've, who've gone through Sunday school have read a lot of the uh, biblical accounts. You know, you name it, David, Moses, Jacob, woman at the well, Esther. You know, these stories are all framed up of how really cool these people are. And they leave us with a sense of these majestic epic stories, which they are. But what they don't do is they, a lot of times they don't spend any time peeling back the veneer that every one of these people, in God's stories, was a train wreck in one way, shape, or form. And it's just a story of how this, this wonderful, loving God connects with us where we're at and leads us into that place of hope. That's right. Well, we don't, we're out of time for this segment, but we will come back more with Tim Young right after this. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show. The Sharon Kleina Hour. Health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Hospitality News Network for a look inside the travel, hotel, restaurant, and hospitality industry. Host Stephen Nicole and his guests will teach you everything you've wanted to know about this fascinating industry. Who knows? You might just want to change your own career path. At the very least, you might end up being a preferred customer. The Hospitality News Network is broadcast live every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Welcome back to In It Together with Lori Lynn Green. Call during our live broadcast with questions or comments at our toll-free number, 1-866-472-5788, or email Lori anytime at info at laurilynngreen.com. Here's your host, Lori Lynn Green. Welcome back to Welcome Back to In It Together. We're so glad that you're listening in today. We have had the pleasure of talking to Tim Young, the author of Heartstone Journey. We've been talking about um, some of the things people have been saying about this book. We've been talking about some of the highlights that myself and my co-host Lynn Nato here has has pulled out of the book, and we really want Tim to speak on. And we're going to continue that right now. Uh, on, on so Tim, in the in the section of the book on waves. I think it's page 48, you talk about taking risk. And this is near and dear to my heart as a, uh, a coach or advancement strategist, helping people live their lives better, live their lives fully alive and authentically um, with more peace, with greater stability uh, in their emotions, in their thoughts. Uh, one of the things that I like to talk to them about is where they're taking their risks and how much you know risk they need to take, and and so when I say that, I interchange that word risk a lot of times with the word faith because mm. people don't realize that's really we are always taking a risk, and it's a matter of which one do you want to take, you know. And many people have their walk in life from a worldview that. Uh, gives them a risk they think that they have control over, and then they until they realize, like in your story, they no longer have control over it. Now it's being dictated to them because they've relied on a false truth. And so now we're talking about having faith or taking a risk in something. And even if you're not a believer and you're listening, I just want to say to you, it's okay that you're not. We started off not being that. But one thing we found after going through struggles and trials in life to come to an end of our rope and being so broken that we didn't even know which way it was up, we realized the greater risk was what if he is real and I am not understanding or hearing him? What do I do next? So if you want to speak on you know, that taking risk, Tim, from your story, uh, I would love to hear that. Sure. So when that in that chapter of the book you mentioned waves, one of the things I do is I weave in a little bit of the snippet of the movie called The Guardian mm-hmm. with uh, Kevin Costner. And uh, if you haven't seen the movie, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool yes, movie. I have. And, and I focus on the, I think it's at the very beginning. And the metaphor here I, I think is great is, is, is the stormy seas. It's a great metaphor on most of our lives. It's mm-hmm. just a raging stormy sea and we're floating around and they're drowning. And I think what's interesting here is the Coast Guard, they show up on the scene, they, they lower themselves down, and there's a husband and wife in the water. And out of self-preservation, the husband, <laughs> you know, to, get, to, get, to get help and to get freedom, almost drowns his wife. And the Coast Guard rescuer has to elbow the guy in the face to basically knock him out to, um, to rescue both of them. Yeah, and he's not in his right mind. No, he's not. But the key word here is self-preservation. So many of us are so focused on self-preservation that we live life playing it safe. Now, I'm not saying go jump off a cliff and expect to fly. That's just just dumb, right? Right. But 
having, you know, taking that risk. You know, I think one of the greatest acts of courage we can do in our lives is, is in a sense, you know, redefine ourselves to not allow others to us, excuse me, not to allow ourselves to be defined by others, to not allow ourselves to be defined by our worst moments, which we do, and to not allow ourselves to be divine, defined by our past, which we do. And we define yes. ourselves by our fears, our shames, our doubts. And God is just shouting to us to just step into his will to, and to be refined. Re, I can't even speak today because of my allergies. I'm sorry. You're to be fine. Re, You're fine. Defined <laughs> by who, who God is calling us to become. You know, he didn't, he didn't call us to, to play it safe. He didn't want us to just live and to exist the invitation here is life, and he wants to call us to be fully alive in him and to experience the freedom that we can have walking alive with, with Jesus Christ. And that's right. really the, the core of that section of the book. Yeah, that's a, that's a great section of the book. I mean, that self-preservation thing, that's what it is. We, and I think that that's based on fear. We, we live hoping that we can handle everything, hoping that we can control everything and do everything. And we're trying to line our ducks in a row and try to get everything just right so that we, we don't have to worry about something going amok. And, and the reality is, is that that's a false safety net when really what we're talking about is the faith, that greater faith is, is probably the most reliable safety net we have. Absolutely. You know, you even give, um, you know, you, you talk about the parallel where Peter walks on the water and, and people are panicking. Uh, you know, he walks across the water and he panics. He's doing fine because he kind of gets a glimpse of, he sees, he sees Jesus coming across. He says, come over to me, Peter. And Peter's like completely trusting him and begins to walk on the water and then changes his focus on the problem. And as soon as he does that, he becomes self-preserving again and ends up really sinking. <laughs> yeah, and when does Peter begin to get it? When Jesus reaches down, grabs him by the hand, and pulls him back up. And you know, I don't know if you realize this, but you know that famous verse that we throw around a lot, be still and know that I am God? Yes. If you read the rest of the context of that Psalms, it's very similar to this. I mean, there's, there's chaos and craziness going on around the, you know, the author. And it, this is not a scene where you're just in some little safe box sitting on a pillow, um, you know, with silence. This, this whole scene is about, even though there's chaos outside of you, as long as you keep your focus on God, everything's going to be fine. And the point where Peter begins to get it is when Jesus picks him up and brings him back to the surface. And I want yeah. to just read a little section of this book, uh, of this yeah. chapter that I think really, really um, dials into this. When the storms in life surround you, let go and step out of the boat onto the crashing waves to a surface you have no business being on. It will become a rite of passage for anyone willing to take risk. It's not easy to stop focusing on the waves and to trust God, but take a look at your current circumstances. What's the alternative? Try it. Just step out of the boat, climb the mountain, pick up four stones, whatever it is God is calling you to do, do it. What have you got to lose? Yeah, so we're hearing we're hearing the little engine that could in the background there, aren't we, Tim? <laughs> oh, you can hear that, huh? Yeah, the just sound a little effect. bit. Hey, that's good though because today it's a. I think I can kind of show, and uh, you know, 
it's so true what you're saying. The self-preservation is it's 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 realizing that if you if you dare to step out and take that risk, it's it's a safe risk. It's a difference between the safe risk and the one that we've had that's never worked and always leaves us in a place that we're still wanting. Um, so I, I really I appreciate that section of your book and and how it fits into the whole theme of uh, the fact that we need help. <laughs> we're we're pretty. We need help. That's the bottom line. Absolutely. Yeah. So we we have don't have a real lot of time, but um, I'm trying to find one of these things that I want to pull out. Um, you know, in one place of the book, you say that the stones are symbolic of your broken spirit. In in the book, and you know, again, going back to the to the brokenness, you you you're talking about learning how to rest in trust having a divine perspective on that mountaintop to quiet ourselves in our spirit and our minds um, that we can see God's plan unfold instead. Can you, can you speak to that briefly? Yeah. So the four stones is, um, as I mentioned earlier, I don't know if it was this segment or the last segment. It's just one of the, one, one of the themes that God used and, you know, the heart zones, another theme and, you know, hopefully people will pick up the book and they can read about that too. And I don't want to give too much away for Lynn who hasn't finished the book yet. The, um, <laughs> right. But, but yeah, the, the unique part about what God does when he, when he gives you this, this, this thematic symbol in your life. So, so the four stones, it's the process he used and in different parts along the way of my journey, they actually meant different things, but the core, the core of those stones is basically how God broke a broken man. Right. And, and, and I got to, I got to repeat that because I was a broken man, but he had to break me in my brokenness, if that makes sense. It does. Cause you're talking about him breaking your self-reliance, maybe your pride, maybe you're trying to control everything, maybe breaking your past, the anger, the, all those things that became like the baggage that you carried around right. to, get you, to get you to a place where you could, you could be empty of all the stuff so that you had make room for him to come in and actually begin to, to build you up again, to, to, to make you into something more stable, something more stolid. Yeah, and the other cool thing about those stones, too, if you read, you know, if you step into, into God's Word and, and read the Bible, there's so many, so many stories of the Israelites when they were going from bondage to freedom, you know, their, their journey from Egypt to the Promised Land. And if you notice, God didn't do a continental shift and bring the Promised Land to them. They had to walk it out, just like we have to walk it out. It's, you know, it's not just one of those things where, you know, we spend an entire life of, bad choices and, and screwing up and this and that. And then when life gets tough, we want to snap our fingers and we expect God to fix it in 30 minutes. You know, so we have to, we have to go through that journey. And the important part is God wants us to live in the, in the freedom that he's, he's given to us. But what God is after is our hearts. So no matter what we're doing in this journey, when we invite God into our woundedness, 
as we journey this thing out with him, what, what he's doing is he's bringing us close to his heart. God is not this far-reaching, you know, narcissistic thing in the sky. He's real, and he's personable, and he loves each and every one of us. And as we're journeying this thing called life out with him, he's actually drawing us closer to, our, to his heart, and he's changing us in the process. Yeah, Tim, I would just go back to uh, earlier in the book where God takes the very thing that you love and uses it uh, to connect with you uh, and and to take you through your journey. Yeah, I mean, how cool is that? Well, and that's what and that's where the false, you know, a lot of people have that issue where they think, well, if if I believe in God, I'm going to have to do something I don't like. And it really, that's rarely the case. Usually a lot of times it's he meets you where you are, like you said earlier, and, and he knows your heart and what you like and things. Well, So we've actually got about two minutes left here, um, Tim. So I'd really like you to be able to share, you know, again, how people can get in touch with you and uh, connect with you on your, you know, whether your website or email or whatever, and how they can maybe obtain one of these books so that they can help them uh, see how your journey was. Absolutely. The best place to get in touch with me is my website, heartstonejourney.com. Heartstone Journey is one word. If you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you can't miss it. There's this big picture of the book. Click on that, and it'll bring you to a nice page that has some, you know, reviews and some context of the book. If you want to reach me directly, just send me an email at tim.young at heartstonejourney.com, or you can also contact me via the website. And before the radio segment's over, since we're talking about hope and there's so much stuff going on in the world today, mm-hmm. just remember, I want everybody to remember this. It's easy to feel hopeful on a good day, but many of us are going to have to walk through dark days too. And one of the things that God has done in his story, because remember, Heartstone, yeah, it's my story, but it's really God's story, is what he's done is his desire is not only to connect with you and to show you how much he loves you and to rescue your heart, but he also wants you to be part of his greatest story. He wants you to be part of that story of hope. And we have to become greater than what we suffer. I agree. And I- Yeah, and you know, my desire for the people that are listening today, just one of the things that God pulled out of me is his wish was for me to become hope into somebody else's life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it might be rough right now, and it might be tough, but let God into your woundedness, and when he takes you out onto the other side, you will become that hope, too, that he can use to heal the heart of another person. That is so true. And on that note, thank you, Tim, so much for joining us on the show today. Tune in next week to hear more industry leaders to live your life on your terms. And, Tim, we appreciate you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Oh, thank you very much, guys. Thank you for joining us today. In It Together with Lori Lynn Green airs every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to tune in next week and remember, we're in it together.